What is up, everybody? It is great to see you again. Happy Friday to you. Um, uh, we, we're going to talk today. We're going to project into the future. Clint. Okay. We're going to look ahead. Uh-huh. Put the robes on, and we're going to do a little predicting. Five years into the future, uh, Kirby Smart and Georgia are still king of the SEC. Yes. Let's not spoil it for anybody. That's Everyone should know that that's what's going to happen. Correct. The question is, who are the biggest threats to Georgia for SEC supremacy in five years' time? That's what we're talking about today on the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast. You are Locked On Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Locked On Bulldogs here on Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Daniel, I don't know if you've noticed the amount of I'm feeling nice today. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling nice and nice. People listening on the audio, let the record show that um, the 199 is alive and well. Bonfire.com slash store slash the 199. Uh, is where you can go. Link in the description. I got the, uh, to get all this merch. Death march that death on. that death march shirt, Clint. Ooh, it hits different. It's a trademark really? uh, by it the one ninety nine for the one ninety nine. So it is a trademark. You like to see it. Um, it. Hey, by the way, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. More on them mm. in a moment. Today we are asking this question, and here are the segments we're going to discuss. The question is this: Who in the next five years, if we were to forecast five years from now? Who is going to be the biggest threat to Georgia in the SEC with supremacy? We know Georgia will be there because King Kirby is not a over-the-hill has-been. He is in the prime of his career, ascending with another top three recruiting class, back-to-back national championships, and a pipeline of talent that is flooding Athens. But the 2024 class is probably a big drop-off, is it not? Oh, Oh, no, we no got, sorry. We got plenty of five stars. And four oh, no, stars they're already. all coming. They all coming. Gosh, I hope the 2025 class is good. Oh, wait. What if I were to tell you oh, we no. already have news oh. on that as oh, well? No. And it's Here we popping. go. So okay. uh, we're going to talk about that. Let's lead it off, Daniel, five years from now. Mm-hmm. This is number three. So we're not starting. We're going to count down to one. The mm-hmm. biggest threat in the SEC to Georgia. The Start Who's with number, number three. three right mm. now. Number three, five years from now, I'm going to give the nod to Alabama. I believe that when inevitably Nick Saban uh, retires, keels over, whatever it is, retires meaning could mean any number of things. Meaning no longer on the sidelines. When, <laughs> yep, that's that's also accurate. When Nick Saban retires, um. Alabama's going to get a great coach to replace him. It won't be like trying to hire a coordinator. They will actually be able to get somebody of quality in there. Um, uh, Dana Holgerson? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sure. The head coach at Washington might turn him down. Sure. Georgia's coordinators might keep turning him down. But there gets somebody in there to replace Kirby Smart. Listen, 
the money and the boosters in this day and age of college football, NIL and and the like, the fans at Alabama will never allow Alabama football to be bad. And that's the same with Georgia. Um, The fans, the boosters, the collectives will not allow these teams to be bad. Uh, They will get a quality coach in there. And I do still believe Alabama is going to be perennially a threat to Georgia. Not the biggest threat, not even the second biggest threat, but I, I've got him at the third biggest threat. Now, now when we were talking pre-production, yeah. Clint, you mentioned to me the, the team that you wanted to slot in here at number three. And yeah. it shocked me so greatly that I feel the need to give you the floor to, to discuss what was maybe we'll call it an honorable mention most threat third most threatening team to georgia in five years time here's here's the deal i'm just going to come out and say the team that i think it's going to be we all appreciate that it's south carolina okay and here's why okay it's why now look you can tell me that south carolina has a dorky head coach they do that they have a gimmicky head coach, mm-hmm. sure, which is true in all accounts. But, but Daniel, I, I want to let you know this team is ascending. They are winning big games. They are getting recruits. That's right. The, the top recruit in South Carolina history in the last five years has come up there. And I know another coach who's gimmicky, who runs a corny as all heck program, and he's in a Carolina, and he's oh. Doing good things, yep. and it's Jesus Dabo. It, it it works in certain situations with certain fit and certain cultures and certain understanding. He's got them kids playing. He's got them boosters bought in. It's weird. He would never last in Athens. I don't want him to be my coach, but I'm telling you this: players play for him. He's getting recruits, and and again, Daniel, the Carolinas got any good talent up there? Oh, they got plenty of good talent. Georgia's plenty of good talent. Georgia's. Is has plucked many a player out of those Carolinas, but I, I just feel like talk about another South, ravenous fan base. As South well. Carolina does this to you, Clint. They they are good for a monster marquee win or two every few years, right? But they have never been able to string it together and actually put a product on the field consistently year in and year out. Well, sure. I don't I don't see it happening for South Carolina long term. I don't see them ever getting if South Carolina finishes second in the East mm-hmm. two years in a row. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm asking. By the way, that's not exactly a dynasty. It's that not. I'm looking for. It's not. Second in the East, two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Then I'll be ready to say that South Carolina could possibly be a threat to Georgia. But the fact is, is that they I don't they won't ever do that, Clint. Even something, even a bar as low as that, they'll never get there. They might do it once. They might do it two times in four years, but they won't be able to consistently string it together. You've never seen it from South Carolina, and I agree the recruiting is there, and I agree that you know that. Beamer has that whatever, you know, it quality. Get them to buy in, Daniel. That's all I'm saying. In a coach, but I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it for South Carolina. All right, let's 
Let's move on to the second biggest threat to Georgia in the SEC five years from now, 2028, right after we tell you about this. But first, FanDuel. FanDuel, FanDuel is the official sports book of Locked On Bulldogs as well as Locked On Podcasts everywhere. This year, the only app you need for your Super Bowl is FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. And right now, you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your bet doesn't win. That's so a lot. Of, that's a lot. You bet your bet doesn't win. Guess what? You're going to go ahead and get $3,000 back in bonus bets. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from money line to point spreads to who will score the first touchdown. I saw lines out today of the color of Gatorade splashed on the head coach that wins. Yep. It's it's yellow, by the way. Yellow. It's interesting. Is what I would go with. Uh, well, there's well, so well, many prop bets on this game. So you could just for days. You don't have to you don't have to know anything about football. You really just don't. for days out there. Uh, so FanDuel, go right there right now. FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim hmm. your no sweat first bet. On Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NFL. All right, Clint. Alabama, the third most threatening team to Georgia, which is roughly where they are now. So, not a lot of change for Alabama in nope. the next five years. Um, well, we have seen more. Attrition. We have them not winning the SEC West five years from now. Spoiler alert: They also did not win the SEC oh, no. West this year, and no. so not a lot of change there. So let's talk about the second most threatening team to Georgia in five years' time. Who's it going to be? The second most threatening team, and this is going to leave a lot of speculation. This is actually really weird. We're going to answer two and three, and it leaves the one spot wildly speculative for other teams to jump in. I think a lot in. of people assume that the team we're about to say is in the number one spot. That's exactly right. The second place team in the SEC is Tennessee. Tennessee is the second most threatening team, not the first most threatening team. And here's the reason why. Schupel has... Look, we make fun of him. We mispronounce his name. But honest, honest to goodness, the guy can coach X's and O's. He can put an offensive game plan out there. It there it is. Yep. Um, he can coach X's and O's on one half on, of the field. On one, and it's offense. And it's it's a threat. Look, Hinton and it's, a re- it's very threatening. And him hit lightning in a bottle with this offense. There was a reason that they were so talked about. Because he knows how to coach a particular game set with a particular quarterback. He himself showed propensity to do that as well as being able to get other people to buy into it with wide receivers. Uh, Now he cannot have a a running game worth anything. There was a couple games last year that I saw Tennessee running rickshaw over people and he just abandoned it in totality for another game plan. It was the weirdest thing in the entire world to me. I don't know why he did it. So he, he has some questionable understanding of how to, to compile a whole roster mm-hmm. running games, always lacking trenches are always lacking. If they get those two things shirt up, which in five years, you would imagine that you, you could learn from your mistakes. You but would imagine <laughs> that you're going to get some defensive, a defensive coordinator in there. That's got at least a little bit of a spine and is going to ask you to play at least a little bit of complimentary football Please. is maybe going to allow you to recruit players on that side of the ball as well. It's hard to know, but it, when Tennessee gets a de- gets a, a reasonable defense together um they're going to be a really good team 
Hupel's not going anywhere for a while. This no. this is no. a cat that is built for the long term in the SEC, I really believe. And um, they're going to be a problem for Georgia for years to come. I mean, this year, I think, it, I mean, I've, I've been on record. And I'm not going off record. I'm not a. I'm not on the Joe Milton bandwagon. Let us. Joe Milton right ain't it. He's not a good quarterback. We've He's seen his it. product. Yes, the guy can flat-footed throw a ball sixty yards. You're absolutely correct. You're, you know who else can? Anthony Richardson. By the way, really quick, any GM that drafts him in the top ten, you should be insta fired. Top Dang ten him. rounds. He's being any GM that right drafts now. him in the top Eight, ten nine, rounds. 10 rounds. Eight, nine, ten. He's being mocked right now. And if don't say guys, eight, Clint. Don't say eight on this podcast. You can trigger some people. They already been triggered, Daniel. <laughs> okay, already <laughs> been. Look, Joe Milton's on it. Tennessee is going to have to grow up, and Hubel's going to have to grow up and understand yeah. the SEC. This is not Oklahoma State coming in here to play in the SEC. This is not Texas coming in here to play the SEC. Oklahoma, they're going to have problems when they do if they don't change, if they don't grow up. And we think that Josh can do that. Uh, Tennessee boosters are there. Talk about a more than ravenous fan base. I mean, that fan base is hungry as anybody. Yeah. I, I, they just, they throw in babies on the field next if they don't win games, Daniel. It's... Like, they don't care. Mustard bottles ain't nothing compared to these people. I mean, but I don't know. Really... I'm sure if you've been to Knoxville, but those babies are, you can't throw them that far. They're pretty big. <laughs> Those, it's like a watermelon. I mean, that's like a that's like a full grown watermelon. You trying to throw so, that thing? No, it's uh, they're the number two, and they do have some growing pains involved in it. Um, and they got the money, and they got the backing, and they got you know a couple notable uh, alumni who are integral in that program and will remain there, um, mm -hmm. continuing. They got the right coach, they got the right uh, facilities and the right donors. Now they need to go ahead and grow up, and once they do, I think they will be. It, us and them for the next in three, four, five years. It's going to be fun. That in the next forth. five years, Tennessee will win the East. I, I mean, a hundred percent. It's a, that's a, that's a lock. Correct. In the next five years, Tennessee will win the East. Now, Georgia fans be excited. The playoff is expanding. Quit gnashing yep. your teeth and being an idiot. One more and, time. If Kirby is head coach yeah. and the playoffs are at, Eight or twelve teams. We're we will in. never miss it. Always, ever. And if we get in it, look out! Look out! Okay, who's the number one most threatening team to Georgia? Though, this is like? interesting, Daniel. Daniel's going to let you know about Built Bar, and then we're going to come back and let you know the number one team that well, is I'll rivaling you, us. I'll tell you the number one most tasty protein bar on planet Earth. Tell it's Built Bar, and now I'm going to sneeze. Oh, he's going to sneeze, but it's okay because Built Bar is going to be right back. Do you see how I muted that microphone right I as I did that? That's a pro move. Uh, Built Bar, number one tastiest candy bar, or not candy bar, tastes no. like a candy bar, but it's actually a protein bar. Right. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. We've been telling you about them for years because they are delicious. They are high in protein, high in fiber, low in sugar, uh, keto approved, all of the things that you want, 100% real chocolate, they've got fruit flavors, they've got caramel flavors, they've got birthday cake flavors, they've got everything that you could want, and, uh, they've got th there's some with some texture, there's some that are soft and chewy, there's, they got everything that you want, whatever your preference is, they've got it, builtbar.com. Uh, is the place you can go. You can go to, they're now selling them at, 
at pharmacies, at um, Sam's Club. They got them everywhere, these built Bars. Get a variety pack. Get a 12-pack of a single flavor. Get get six or seven boxes. Whatever it is that you want, built.com, Built Bar, the tastiest protein bar on planet Earth. All right, the number one team that poses a threat mm-hmm. to Georgia in the mm-hmm. SEC year in, year out, in five years' time. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not the aforementioned South Carolina that I had proposed at three. That would be ludicrous. I wouldn't say that. It is not Jimbo at AM. Oh, Lord, God in heaven. Wheels are already off. They're not that team's off. not a threat to anybody. Nobody. To anybody. So you can recruit and you could try all you might. You still got a coach, Jimbo, and he can't. So that's yep. done. Uh, it ain't going to be Billy Napier in Florida because Billy Napier ain't going to be there in five years. Right. This just in, you might think, oh, I see what they're doing. Mm. You got these Big 12 schools coming over. Oh, it's that- Texas, Oklahoma. No, it's not either of those guys. No, either. it's no, not because it's they're not, not going to be a threat. They're going to be the fifth no. and sixth best teams probably in the SEC when they come over. Sure. Um, Kentucky might be a better team than you. Uh, no. It's the LSU Tigers, Clint. It's Brian Kelly. It's not even close. And the LSU Tigers. Um, Look, I have a lot. I, I got to walk back comments. I, Brian Kelly, I, I poo-pooed your entire coaching philosophy and career before you got to LSU. Then I watched you at LSU this year, and you know what? That gummit, that guy can coach. All Brian Kelly has ever done as a head coach is have successful winning football teams. That's right. And sometimes he's had tremendously successful. It's not like a Mark Richt ceiling with Brian Kelly. No, it's not. He has crashed through that Mark Richt glass ceiling, and he has had – not championship winning teams, but he has had championship caliber teams, teams that have based on their schedules, at least been able to run the table and make it as far as anyone else has made it in college football. Now you put Brian Kelly at LSU. We've said before LSU is a can't miss recruiting destination. You literally cannot be the coach at LSU and recruit poorly. You just go 10 miles outside your stadium. You have to keep them out. The kids that want to come to LSU, it's they're everywhere down there. You can't not recruit and Brian Kelly can't do anything except at least live up to expectations with his roster, if not outperform expectations with his roster. And so now you give Brian Kelly year in and year out a top 10 most talented roster in college football. And what is Brian Kelly going to do? Well, he's going to win the SEC West in his first year. He's going to beat Alabama, but only by one point, so it doesn't count. And Alabama probably still should have made the playoff because they only lost by a combined score of four points to two teams on the road at night in Death Valley, the hardest place to play in the history of college football. And all of these terrible... All he's going to do is he's going to win year in and year out. And uh, I don't expect any different in moving forward into the future from Brian Kelly. He's going to get quarterbacks... To get just to go say, there. Here we go. Wide receivers are are 
love dying. going to LSU. They're dying to go play at LSU always. And so you give Brian Kelly that kind of offensive talent. You know that he he's a he's a He's an offensive coach, but he's never shied away from having great defensive football teams. No, never. He's not Josh Hoople. And so there's nothing not to like about LSU's future. Again, Co- Coach O won a national championship at LSU. Had nothing to do with coaching at that point. Uh, very clearly. That man literally was showing non-football players through the facility. When he should have yep. been coaching, I'm not making this up. We're we speculate about the yacht a lot. A lot. That is not speculation. Okay, he won a championship by players and assistant coaches managing things and taking over. Now you add that same exact player base and better assistants and a head coach who is involved and knows what he's doing. And this just in, you getting these kids to come into LSU. He was at Notre Dame, and and this gets overlooked. Do you know what the requirements are for student athletes at Notre Dame? Do you know what they have to sign and agree to? At a, this is not me throwing. I'm just tell. I'm just telling you the reality. At a Catholic-run institution, what yeah. they have to agree to and and not agree to. I mean, it ain't it ain't going to BYU, but no, it's, it's, it's. But it also it also ain't going Notre to Dame. Alabama either. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is this is what we're saying. And now Brian Kelly is in an environment in which maybe not so many skeptical eyes are on him. Read whatever you want into that. All I'm saying is it's going to equate into success on the football field because he's got a little bit more room to breathe. And that's not necessarily a bad thing when he's because Brian Kelly has, for all intents and purposes, shown himself to be a man that knows how to run a program, not running into the ground and not lie and cheat his way to do so. And now he's going to get the talent and the boosters. And it's just, he, he's the biggest threat and will be starting next year. Yep. Okay. And yeah, LSU's winning the West next year. Give me, give and, me a right now futures bet. And Georgia better be ready because I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I loved the SEC championship game this year. A lot of fun. I loved going for two, scoring 50. A lot of fun. Brian Kelly did not love that. No. He did not care for that. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, didn't like that. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting SEC championship game. And I expect it'll be an SEC championship game matchup that we see at least three times in the next five years, in the next five seasons. At least three times. I, I would... I would not sneeze at that, Daniel. I'm not gonna. I, I, yeah, I'm not gonna go go against that. I I think it could be one of those rivalries that is a weird rivalry. They don't teams don't play every year, not in the same yep. division. But I think you could have this Georgia Alabama feel where like these two teams yes. are on a collision course all year, yes. and then you get it um, at the end of the season because LSU doesn't go and defecate on the bed with the most talented roster that they've ever had ever in the history of the Google, program. The greatest quarterback and defensive player ever to play the game, apparently. Yep. Okay. Well. Okay. Well, cool. Let's um, uh, let's come back next week and talk about some more Georgia football and uh, basketball. Uh, hey, look. Look, 199 is already here. They ain't, they ain't leaving for basketball talk. Yet. 
I'm pretty sure we lost Gurf there just for a second. <laughs> Gurf made it to the 23-minute mark of the pod, and he said, nah, now they brought up basketball. We're we going to roll out of here. Uh, we'll be back next week. Clint and I have got lots more to discuss, and uh, we'll be here every day on the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast. We'll see you. See you.